You're listening to the What's That Mean post-message podcast, following Brad Franklin's message on the weekend of July 15th and 16th, entitled Open-Handed Living. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the post-message podcast this week. This is week four that we've been doing this, and uh, we are following Brad's message on open-handed living. Uh, This is John, and in the room with us, we have Brad and also a special guest, Roger Schmidt. If you were here this weekend and you met Roger, he is uh, one of our missionaries and our friend, our comrade in Mozambique. You want to say hey, man? Hey, it's good to be here with you guys today. So it's a fun weekend. Loved being part of the Q&A over the weekend and being part of the the community. So thanks. Good. It's awesome. Glad you're with us, Roger. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah. Yeah. You did a great job on the panel. (laughs) It's a little intimidating, but uh, it was good. I loved it. It was fun. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. I, I like how Roger was commenting earlier that people spelled his name correct when they sent questions in for the Q&A panel, R-O-D-G-E-R, but <laughs> I, I I told him that I corrected everybody's R-O-G-E-R. <laughs> exactly. I, I wanted him to feel I good. think there's three of us <laughs> in the whole world that have a D. Yeah? Yeah. That's funny. I like it. Well, it's I unique. don't. Yeah, it makes it more unique. Good. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. My dad wanted to call me Rod. That's why. And no one has called me Rod my whole life. And your mom wanted to call you Jur? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, it was, it was the 60s, so, you know. Yeah. That's Who good. knows? Yeah. That's good. Funny. Well, good job this weekend, Brad. Thank you. It was awesome. It was, it yeah. was fun. I'm enjoying the series. You know, just being able to talk about meaning and uh, where do we find it? What does that look like uh, in our own heart? You know, what are other people around us finding out about meaning? And then what does the scripture say, of course? I want to know that. So, yeah, I think it's a good process for us. Yeah. It's been interesting uh, with the questions that have come in because, I mean, we got a handful of questions this week for the Q&A. And we've been doing Q&A every other week in this series. Um, We had a load of questions come in. A lot of them had similar tones. Mm -hmm. And so we tried to combine those when those, those came in. And then there were also some other really good questions that came in, but they didn't necessarily fit into the finding meaning Mm -hmm. category. Yeah. Um, And so if you were one of those people who sent in a question, it didn't get answered. um, Keep asking those questions, Mm -hmm. find someone, send us an email. We'd love to answer those. We're just, we're trying to stay on, on topic with finding meaning in this series. Yeah. John Bowles at lakesidechurch.com. Sure. Right. That's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Send them all there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, actually I, I'd enjoy that. I, I invite mm-hmm. that conversation. I think that that would be good. Uh, but yeah, had some good ones. Um, there was a stream in the 1045 gathering uh, where we had a few duplicate questions about being married to someone mm. um, that you want to be generous towards God, towards others but you're married to someone uh, who doesn't want you to spend their, their money. Their hard-earned money. Right. Yes. Um, can we unpack that a little bit? Because I, I wish we had more time to talk about that. Yeah. Well, and just for um, review, for the sake of maybe those who weren't here and haven't heard that podcast from the message yet, we're talking about finding meaning through generosity this week. So there's something that God builds into the whole concept of generosity that that creates meaning for us. Mm-hmm. So when people ask the question, you know, what about if I, if I'm 
married to someone who's not a follower of Jesus, what do I do? How do I be generous in that way if they don't want me to? That's kind of where that question stems from. Mm -hmm. So, and it's a, it's a great question and it's a real question. It's a question that people have asked me over the years and then it came up multiple times in our in our texting the mm-hmm. questions in this weekend. Mm-hmm. There's two elements to that question that I think are missing, in, in that it's the, there's the generosity piece and what do we do, but it's about how do we respond and there's the wisdom piece of that and the relationship piece. What is the relationship between you and the spouse? How do you communicate? What are your values as a family around money generally? How do you resolve conflict? So it le- lends mm-hmm. itself to a bigger discussion, um, broader than what do we do when my spouse doesn't want me to be generous to the church Mm -hmm. or to mission or to whatever. Mm -hmm. But it lends itself to a whole host of other questions about the relationship itself and what is wise and, you know, how do you make those decisions generally within the marriage? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That question, in my opinion, lends itself to a whole bunch of other stuff Mm -hmm. that need to be answered. Right, because do I can I give in my marriage? It's not just a question that comes up in a marriage where somebody is a follower of Jesus and the mm-hmm. other person is not a follower of Jesus. Right, right. right? This this question is is universal. It's across the board. Uh, if you're both followers of Jesus or not, so it's a good question to have uh, or to ask in your relationship. I, I do know of someone who asked that question in their relationship and neither one of them are followers of Jesus mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. one spouse asked the other spouse would it be okay because I want to be generous if I took on a job a, mm-hmm. a, an extra job that's not going to you know conflict with our family it's mm-hmm. not going to conflict with anything I'm doing my responsibilities or um, but if I took on another job and I gave that money away and the other spouse said that, that would be fantastic mm-hmm. um so yeah, I, that's yeah, it's interesting. Well, I think part of that is because we're attracted to generosity. Well, sure. Yeah. You know, I, I think part of it because it, because meaning derives from that. There's something in our soul that says generosity is beautiful, even if I have a hard time with it, even if I'm a stingy person or self-oriented person. Some there's something beautiful about generosity. So it's easy to imagine a couple like that where one says, "I'd like to do this to be generous," and that's inspiring to the other. Yeah, I think. The culture of generosity has really changed over the last mm-hmm. 10 years. Um, I think doing no small part um, to Bono, mm-hmm. people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and figures like him mm-hmm. that are standing up in the, uh, in the world arena and yes. saying, listen, we've, we have to help people. Mm-hmm. We have to do something. There's a problem. Uh, and it doesn't just exist in, you know, in his case, in Africa. Right. And even if it were only Africa, it's not Africa's problem. It's our problem. Yeah. It's humanity's problem. Um, and so, yeah, I think that people are giving a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, I think they are giving a lot more. There's a lot more invitations. There, Of course, there are invitations constantly <laughs> to be giving uh, and to be generous. But I appreciate, I appreciate people that are leading in, in the culture in this way. Because I think, again, I think it's... It adds value to our own lives. There's something about the what we talked about this weekend. It's a miracle when we practice generosity because we fill up someone else's bucket and our bucket at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great beauty of generosity. So I did have a, a there was a question that came up, uh, and you, you guys did a great job answering all, all of the questions. Um, 
but I did have kind of a counterpoint uh, yeah, to good. one of them or something that I, I'd love to talk about. There was a repeated question. It may have been our most popular question. Uh, this is not scientific, but it, uh, um, it was in regard to someone who continues to take advantage of you. Yeah. Uh, like a family member is asking for money. And, you know, at what point do I stop giving them money? At what point? Mm-hmm. I, the word enabling came up yeah. a lot. And I appreciated that. I, I think the most popular answer was that, you know, God tells us to be generous period. So, so be generous and let it, there was kind of a, let the chips fall where they may. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt a little uncomfortable with that answer. Yeah. Um, I think maybe it's because I've experienced it. Um, I want to be completely generous. I don't want to second guess everything. You know, I, I want to be open handed, but let's say I have a family member who just keeps coming back for money. I think, personally, there is a healthy boundary when I'm in relationship with somebody where I can say, enough is enough, Bubba. You know, it's time to, time to get a job. Yeah, I appreciate um, Andy Stanley talks about in various areas of life that in certain things there's a tension to manage between two poles on a spectrum, mm-hmm. perhaps. And, and he says, you'll never, you, you can't resolve some of these issues. It's not like you're going to find a right or wrong. There's a tension to manage. And so sometimes in some circumstance, you may say, I'm going to be generous here. And in another circumstance, you may say, I've got boundaries for this. And we've talked about these boundaries and we're working on these boundaries. And so it would not, it would be, it would not be helpful to my friend or loved one, whoever that is, if I didn't hold to those boundaries today. Hmm. But that's a, but that's like an art form trying to figure out when that is. It's not a scientific thing. It's not mathematical. Like I've been generous four times in a row or like Peter, I've been generous 77 times in a row or something. Now I'm not going to be, you can't count it up. It's more, you have to, you have to manage that tension. If somebody doesn't know, by the way, can you tell us who Andy Stanley is? Andy Stanley is a pastor of a church in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, He's, I think he has a brilliant way of, of condensing complicated ideas into short sentences that are memorable. Mm-hmm. And he's, he has led a lot of people just in terms of leading and what it looks like to lead in the church and lead in the world, those kinds of things. That's good. Is he at the summit this year? He is speaking at the leadership summit this okay, year. Okay, I know yeah. he has in, in, in the, the past. past. Yeah, yeah, he is this year. That's good. Yeah, he'll give the close. I think he's giving the closing talk, which I'm really looking forward to. Oh, yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. Well, yeah, he'll be a good closer. Yeah. One of the um, stories in the scriptures that, that I was reminded about this topic was when Jesus was um, at the well and he gave a cup of cold water to the Samaritan woman. And, um, and that was an act of generosity. And he met a physical need. And he was meeting a spiritual need, but he also said, go and sin no more. So there was a boundary and there was a relationship and there was... You're thirsty now, but I don't want you to be thirsty anymore. So stop what you're doing. So, you know, you um, you don't need this cup of cold water, but you'll have something life-giving. Mm-hmm. So I agree, too, that it's an art form, Brad, as you were saying. And, um, you know, in our context in Africa, we have needs all around. It's just like we do here. And sometimes we give open-handedly with um, no 
spirit of reciprocity or no boundaries just because it's the right thing to do. But mm-hmm. we also know what that means and what it is. It's a one-off. Mm-hmm. There's no relationship. There's no um, accountability coming back in the relationship. And, um, you know, one of the questions we always ask is, um, does this promote life or is this offering going to cause damage mm. in the long run? And many times it's going to cause damage. If we just give, someone then remains poor, they become poorer, and the spirit of dependency or a whole host of other things. So the question is, on the boundary issue, um, for us, is is it going to promote life in them? And is it going to fill my cup and empty theirs? Because that happens sometimes, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Or is it truly going to fill my cup and make their life more livable or better in some way? And um, sometimes the most generous thing that we do is to say no. Or to say yes in this way, in a different way. Yeah. I think, I believe that there are, that we, every one of us tends to land on one end of the spectrum yes. or the other. Maybe not the poles of the spectrum, right. but somewhere, we're either left of center or right of center on this idea. And I'm, t- I'm noodling with the idea that if you have a bent a certain way, that may be your natural bent, mm-hmm. but that may not be a healthy spiritual bent. Mm-hmm. So one of my questions I want to ask is, what's the Holy Spirit saying to me today? I, yeah. I believe the Spirit of God speaks to us. I believe he's uh, more free to speak to us, maybe if we're in, you know, invested in God's word and that's permeating our heart. But I want to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I fall on the side of the spectrum that says, if I give this to you, you're going to waste it. You're going to blow it. You're going to burn it up. You know, whatever those thoughts are. And it seems to me that when I listen to God's spirit, there's got to be some time when I'm going, yes, I'm going to give. Yes, I'm going Absolutely to give. There if is. I'm constantly saying no, I'm, not, I'm clearly not listening to God's spirit. Can't be. Right. But I wonder if someone who's constantly saying yes is also not always listening to God's spirit because of those issues of responsibility and boundaries and, and certain things like that. If that's their natural bent, which I always I have high regard for because it's not mine. Mm-hmm. I always respect it a lot. But it just raises the question for me, how, how are you listening to God's spirit mm-hmm. in, this, in this case or in these series of cases? Yeah. Henry Cloud has that book, Boundaries. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, when I was younger, and I was in a therapy session, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> someone been there. for me, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, uh, it was requ- required reading for me, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he tells a, a story in there that I've seen play out a few times in my life. Um, and pastoring people, I've seen this. I have a friend... Um, I'll call Sherry. Um, because that's who, her real name. Because, yeah, because cause Sherry might be listening. And yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but she told me a story that's very much like what happens with another person in, in, in the narrative that, that he tells, uh, Henry Cloud tells. She has a son who is an adult son who also has a son. Uh, his wife left him a few years prior uh, because he uh, is lazy. He would not get a job. Um, He was living with Sherry. Uh, I mean, he had a job here and there, on again, off again. Most of the time he was spending his money on video games, uh, alcohol, cigarettes. And Sherry just kept 
taking care of the grandson mm-hmm. because, of course, she wants to be mm-hmm. a good grandma mm-hmm. and taking care of him because she wants to be a good mom. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'd get in trouble with the law. She'd bail him out. Uh, he'd get a speeding ticket. She'd pay for it. Uh, he had court fees, whatever the case was. Uh, she'd take care of it. The babysitter would quit, and she would take time off of work to come and babysit her grandson. And she one day said something like, I don't understand why he keeps doing these things. I'm always there to help. <laughs> and and the deal that she had to, had to realize is that... Um, he didn't have any problems. She had all of his problems. Mm-hmm. She kept answering the problems, so he never felt the, the weight. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, it, um, there was a good, a different kind of generosity lesson for her and for him. And yeah. he needed to take some responsibility. Mm-hmm. And she needed to start saying no. Yeah. That was the kind of generosity that I was talking about that filled her cup but emptied his yeah. in the long run mm-hmm. because it was destroying him. She felt good about it. She felt responsible. She was being a loving mom and a loving grandma. She was doing everything she knew to do. But in the long run, it actually didn't help him move forward. Yeah. It kept him stuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's messy. It's really No messy. matter what you do. No. Right? I mean, if all of a sudden you wake up and you go, that's it, I'm going to start saying no. It's a disaster. Right. Right. You know, how do you deal with that? Right. So we're not going to solve this in the course of our conversation today? Because <laughs> no, people fine. tuned in because they go, I want to I want to get uh, this answer. Yeah. <laughs> Roger and I were hoping you had part two of your message. <laughs> was, was yeah, I know. I know. But reciprocity, though, is a really important aspect to generosity. Every relationship I've ever had that... It was one-sided this way. I've lost. Somewhere down the road mm. where the generosity or the what, the stream of whatever it was has to stop because there was no spirit. It's not tit for tat or equal, but there's no sense of responsibility that something is coming back and it's a shared relationship. I've lost that relationship. And that has shaped our philosophy of generosity is how long do I want to be in relationship with this person hmm. that's why if there's a one-off I get it it's I give to you and you're gone and, and out of my life but if I want a long-term relationship where there's influence there has to be some sort of give and take it's not dollar for dollar but there, in the relationship there has to be some kind of reciprocity that breeds life and there's accountability and expectation and I can be generous all day long in that environment because it's life-giving for everybody. Yeah. Roger, speak to that from a theological perspective. How does how does God engage in that? Does God engage in that same uh, philosophy of generosity? I think he does. When he, um, you know, he gave his life freely, and it was about as generous as you can be when he laid down his life for me. And then he offers eternal life to me. And then he also waits for me to respond and to engage. He's a gentleman. And he, um, it's there, it's free, and it's, it was very costly to him. Um, but when I enter into relationship with him then, um, I have this life, but I still have a responsibility to do something with it mm-hmm. and to grow and to mature and to seek after him, to flee from evil. 
and that, so that evil flees from me, and to draw nigh to him, and he comes closer to me. It is, it is not that we just are passive in this relationship with God. He, um, he gave his life for me, but he wants us to participate in the relationship. And, um, you know, he, he doesn't need me to be in Africa and do what we do. He was there long before we showed up. But he's called us to be active participants in his mission in the world. And that requires something of us. It requires sacrifice. It requires resources. It requ- Actually, it requires my life. That's what being a follower of Jesus means. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, at the feast. It's not just when he's turning water into wine. It's in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's on the, the road to the cross. And it means giving my life away, you know, for him and because of him. Talk about the Garden of Gethsemane in case someone is Yeah, that's when that. Jesus wrestled with the Father with his mission and his calling. And, you know, and we talk about in Philippians 2 of him coming and taking on the form of a human, setting aside all the glory of heaven because he's on mission. And then he finds himself coming to the fruition of that in the garden. And he's struggling with his calling. He's committed to it. Mm-hmm. Full on, but he's struggling, and um, with what the reality of that. So, um, to be a, a follower of Jesus in that means that we too will struggle with our calling, and mm-hmm. that it's not enough to follow him part of the way, but we follow him all the way. God is also, he's always a constant pursuer of us, right? There's these passages that... Um, so it's so it's stereo. Like there's a response from us, and also he is, seems like he's never given up. There's this Old Testament mm-hmm. passage of, yeah. where he's talking about. It's one of my favorites where he's talking about Israel. He's and he says, "I, I found you in in a field like a baby kicking around in your own afterbirth." I mean, it's really graphic, mm-hmm. and I cleaned you up. <laughs> I put a dress on you. I put pearls on you. And you, the scene he describes is that you prostituted yourself to other nations, and but he keeps he keeps reaching out, you know. And I reach back and I call you my princess, and I hold you and I I rock you. I mean, it's just man, I I love passages like that because um, I want to be a princess. No, because, because <laughs> oh, that's a different podcast. <laughs> no, because. It's just so beautiful. I love the idea. Yet there's a response from me, and God is also a constant, relentless pursuer Mm -hmm. of us. Does God put boundaries on that then? I mean, he's he he he, in that story. He's so relentless. He's and that's his whole point. In that, it's like I'm never giving up on you. Mm -hmm. I I think that God allows me to feel the repercussion of my my own choices for sure you know i i I found myself at different points in my life where you know and maybe you found yourself there where god why is this happening and and sometimes i know exactly exactly why it's happening if i just back that story up a little bit you know Mm -hmm. um uh, tawny and i my wife and i uh, have talked about you know both of us are only maybe two decisions away from ruining 
our life, mm, yes. our marriages, mm, yeah. our our ministry. Our, you know, I mean, it's because one decision leads to another one, and that and then it's just blown up. And mm-hmm. you can find yourself in those spots. And it's really easy for me, as, as a human, to say, God, why did you allow ABC to happen? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times, the boundary that God sets is that He allows me to make those choices and, mm-hmm. and feel the weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's let's turn the corner a little bit on this conversation and go in a different direction. One of the questions that kept coming up is this um, question about how do I respond to someone on the street corner who's got a need or something? Mm-hmm. Where, where's the boundary of that? There, a lot of the boundary questions were in relationship to people that we have a relationship with, know. right? Mm-hmm. Loved ones. But someone who has a need on the street or something and they want some money or they want some food or something like that. What have you guys what have you guys learned about being generous in those situations? Because they come up around here, they come up in Folsom. I know I just saw an article that said and it confirmed what I believe and I see around us the, the homeless population in Folsom is growing larger. Mm-hmm. And those people have needs and they are you know, in our populated areas, asking for resources. What have you learned about helping there? I always say yes to my wife, for one. <laughs> when she asks for money? <laughs> no, when she, when no. she's homeless? <laughs> no, but she's always, she has such a heart for that. Okay. And she is much more generous to the person she doesn't know on the street. And she just has a gift of mercy and she loves people. And, you know, I just, that's just something she does. You know, way more than than I would. That's what we do sometimes. Listen to your wife. I listen to my wife because mm-hmm. you know, happy wife, happy life. But <laughs> no, she just has a really heart for that, and she has a discerning spirit. She knows, and many times the Lord speaks to her and says, "This is what we're going to do." And um, one time I came home. There's homeless people at my dinner table because of my wife's spirit in her heart. You know that yeah. I would never do that. Yeah, but um, that's who she is, and. Um, she's much more sensitive to that than I am. Hmm. For sure. Well, that's one of my questions that I'm not good at either. Uh, when when you're approached with a need, it seems like every time I'm approached with a need, because this is probably how I live my life, so that maybe there's an issue there. But every time I'm approached with a need like that, I'm in a hurry. Yes. I gotta. I don't. I don't have. To, I'll give you. I'll give you some bucks or whatever. But I don't have time to do anything else. And. I'm wondering how much generosity in those cases means actually engaging a relationship with someone that you you don't have time for, but you but you make time for, mm-hmm. and even the act of making time for them becomes a, a generous mm-hmm. gift. Mm-hmm. My dad is so great at this. He engages people all the time. He starts a conversation with them. Hey, buddy. Are, are you going to spend the money on beer? Yeah, I'm going to spend the money on beer. Why, why don't I go buy you a beer? My dad will go into the store and buy a six-pack of beer for somebody, sit on the street with them, and have a conversation. He'll go, here, here, here's what it's going to cost, man. you got to talk to me for the next few minutes. <laughs> and it's always amazing to me. My dad is just uh, the king of this. He sees people as human. Mm-hmm. He puts skin on people in, that, mm-hmm. in those moments mm-hmm. and says... There's there's something much bigger going on here, yeah. um, and so I've I've taken that um, that those cues mm-hmm. from my dad. I've learned a lot in that, mm-hmm. and so 
um, and my kids do that. I, mm-hmm. I, I then I, I tried to model that for my kids and go, look, what, what seriously, what's what's it going to cost? And my kids are super generous. Uh, they give money to people all the time. My daughter uh, last year was telling me a, a great story about how she was down on Sutter Street right here in Folsom, and uh, I ended up buying a guy lunch and talking talking to mm-hmm. him. <laughs> My 17-year-old daughter, you know, <laughs> buying a guy lunch and, and talking awesome, to him. But though. I love that. Every daddy's dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. 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 But I, I love that. It's such a beautiful thing in her. And I can trace that back. Not to me. I trace it back to my dad. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, a, that's something I want to make sure I include in this conversation is it's so crucial to teach your children that. Yeah, I, I really kind of had the opposite experience with my parents and generosity. I love my parents. I think they were great. But I think one of their weaknesses was not being generous to others. And that, that just got poured into my life as well and probably into my children's life from me. So I think it's so important to model for your children what does that look like, mm-hmm. what you guys have done. Um, model it for them. Teach them. Show them the scriptures and say, this is how, this is why I do this. You know, this is why God's heart motivates me to do this. Mm -hmm. But we can put such a blessing on our children um, by teaching them Mm -hmm. how to be generous. And I mean, really, we go back to the beginning of the topic, which is finding meaning. Mm -hmm. We help our children live lives of meaning because we teach them generosity. Yeah, Yeah, that's beautiful. One of the things that my wife always says, um, she says, everybody wants to be seen and heard. And if there's any way, you know, that I can do that with that person on the street, just for a brief moment, that someone has looked into their eyes and have seen them at least once today, beyond mm-hmm. that blur, you know, by the side of the car. Yeah. Or even she won't even, she hates to go through a drive through because she said, I can't mm. have that interaction with that person behind the counter. So she'll, you know, I want to always go through the drive through because I'm in a hurry. But she says, no, we're parking the car, I'm going in. Just so she can have it, it's a huge lesson for me, mm-hmm. you know, and for others around my life who w- watch her connect with the the obscure people in our life every day. Mm-hmm. I think we're just going to set up an eight hundred number with Lynn on the other line. <laughs> and she so would be when great with has it. questions. It's one eight hundred Lynn Wise or something. Yeah, like she's that. amazing. <laughs> she's an amazing woman for sure. By the way, as I was telling that story about my daughter, who's now eighteen, I realized that. Every time I have this deal with my kids, that every time I mention them in a story at church, or I, I have to pay them a dollar. So maybe that's how my oh. daughter's actually making money to give away to people. Yeah, that's how she's funding her generosity <laughs> habits. Funding her generosity. Talk to me more, Dad. She's going to hear more, this Dad. story right now, and she's going to say one dollar, please. <laughs> well, you guys want to add anything? This is probably a good length for this podcast here. Any final words? Uh, I, I love the conversation. First of all. And it's an important one. And I think it's something we deal with, be it in the United States or in our life in Africa, in doing it well and doing it theologically and doing it from our heart, from the Spirit, is really important. Good. Roger, thanks for being here Yeah, today. Thanks for having you. me. Well, I mean, these weeks, but yes. also just today. Yeah, it's weekend, awesome. It's, it's always awesome to be at Lakeside. It's good. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. All right. Hey, thanks for listening today. We hope you had a good time. We hope you find it helpful. You can listen to the entire message from the weekend and watch it on video if you'd like by going to lakesidechurch.com, clicking on Menu, and then Media. Tune in next week. Peace.